Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you as always for stopping by and listening to my podcast. I love having you all as listeners. As I'm sure you know now, I sponsor my own show, so I'm Sarah J. Naylor. I'm the the midlife success coach, podcast host, obviously, and writer, author, speaker, businesswoman, etc. You can find out more about me over at sarahjnaylor.com because I don't want to go on about me. I want to get on with my guest. <laughs> So I'm going to hand over now to the to the lovely Nikki, who can introduce herself. So please, Nikki, do introduce yourself to my awesome audience. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, yeah, so my name is Nikki Price and I'm a rapid transformational therapist and success mindset coach. But I like to say a subconscious success mindset coach, because but that's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> but essentially I help. <laughs> Sort of female entrepreneurs to, to really break through in areas where they're feeling like they're holding themselves back, you know, because when we start our businesses, we don't want to be held back by anything. We're so excited about what we do, but suddenly we find we're faced with, you know, overworking, you know, money blocks showing up, um, imposter syndrome, um, visibility fears, you know, all the things that kind of come up. I can work with any block, but this is my sort of favourite area if you like to to work with women yeah it's it's interesting isn't it because all the things that you've mentioned I could, I could probably go yes to so many of them because it's one thing sort of launching yourself out into business but yeah things crop up and you have to deal with them and if you don't deal with them they keep on cropping up until you have dealt with them um, but that's what life's about isn't it it's really is a journey of sort of learning and wisdom and knowledge and development but RTT is amazing and so many of the holistic therapies really are incredible tools techniques experiences to have to help you on that journey and it's yeah I mean expand please do expand more about sort of RTT and the subconscious because I think it's I mean it's a fascinating subject <laughs> and it really I'm having experience like EFT do expand more <laughs> <laughs> it is a fascinating subject and actually you know prior to being a therapist I had 25 years in corporate IT and literally not a woo-woo bone in my body so I've always been very interested <laughs> yeah I was going to come on to that yeah <laughs> Do you want to start there with your your background, in fact, because what, what led you into that? And then, yeah, because obviously completely different career. And it actually was a complete crash and burn year that I had where I felt like I was not aligned to what I was doing. I, you know, I married two children, I got the dog. My, my boss created a part time role for me saying, you know, when the kids are full time at school, perhaps you'll come back full time. You know, we've created this job for you. And as time went on and my kids were at secondary school, they started to say, you know, when are you coming back full time? And I just thought, you know what, I just don't feel aligned to doing this at all. I really am not interested in it. And so I'd started to build a bit of an affiliate marketing business on the side, which was doing pretty well. And then finally had the, the conversation with my boss, long story short, ended up, took redundancy and thought, great, I can focus on this now. I was really happy. And then almost as soon as I'd left, I suddenly looked at this other business I'd created and decided I didn't feel aligned to that either. That was the start of a quite a scary year where I felt misaligned. I felt like I was not 
following my purpose. You know, I was 52 and I just suddenly thought, what on earth am I doing? You know, I just, I expected to be doing something that I felt really happy with at the time. And so that whole year ended up with my father dying, my best friend dying, me having a, um, you know, an illness diagnosis and a whole heap of other things. And the money, all my redundancy money, all my savings went literally everything just kind of crashed and burned that year and I found myself struggling with anxiety for the first time ever really and then somehow I ended up finding Marissa Peer who's the founder of the rapid transformational therapy and you know literally I remember going from burying my best friend on the Tuesday and on Wednesday I showed up in London to start this you know this training and so now you know five six years later on i'm an advanced rtt therapist i've up leveled in so many other different modalities as well nlp i've done a bit of reiki and you know essentially it's about getting the best transformation for my clients but rapid transformational therapy on its own is it's a beautiful protocol um literally we're all designed to be authentic, creative and successful. And it's only during our programming years, age naught to seven, where we learn to kind of adapt our behavior in order to fit in. And then we take on belief based on what's going on around us. So your beliefs about money, what you're able to achieve in life, what you're able to have success or not in, you know, you kind of develop round about you, you develop this kind of thermostat or a box, if you like, and every time hit that upper limit on the thermostat or the upper limit on the box you've put yourself in, then your mind will come in and sabotage what you're doing to keep you within the the realms of what it believes is safe. And so it's really important to understand that your mind's not really there to sabotage you, it's there to keep you safe. And it's there to keep you and ensuring that your outside world matches your inner belief system, your identity. But the problem is that identity that you've taken on and believe about yourself to be true is actually not true. It's a series of beliefs that you've created about yourself that is all based on limitations and lack, mainly, you know, in the main part. All of that, because at those formative years, I mean, you are, you're absorbing stuff from around you and that's where your your learnt behaviour comes from, isn't it? Like you've just said, and you then have to sort of almost like grow up and unlearn that learnt behaviour if it doesn't serve you to become that that person that you're meant to be. But that's where it comes in. Cause, I mean, I have had a, a, a RTT sessions and done a and all different things myself as well and Reiki like you've said but you know it really does help shift those blocks because you get these blockages in your system don't you these sort of energetic blocks where it holds up and I, I remember going to see the lady that I did my well she, I trained to do Reiki with her but she, I did some EFT with her as well you know the stuff that you sometimes you don't know what it is that's even blocking you I mean I remember having before I, because I've got my recruitment business as well, but before I even set that up, I kept on comparing myself to other people. I had no idea why I was doing it. So the logic mind was going, and the subconscious, it just, it was out of alignment. And the minute it had this sort of session, it was like, right, okay, well, I'm setting up my business, I'm doing this. And it was just like, done. It's just like somebody just plugged me in or yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing how it all works. It is. And, you know, exa- exactly what you just said there. A lot of people, 
kind of get to a certain age and then suddenly start to feel like like I did you know you either get to the age where you suddenly think actually do you know what if it's perhaps in relationships you suddenly discover a pattern that you're playing out over and over again and you don't know why you get to maybe a year in a relationship and then it ends or when it comes to your income you find you can only earn say up to I don't know two three grand and then anything after that suddenly a huge bill will come in and you know that money ends up if you earned any more than what you believe your success is something comes in and takes it away from you and you start to notice it so you see some people will go through their whole life and just think well this is the way it is you know it's always been this way for me and this is the way it is and they're not looking to change and those are not my clients you know because they're just happy and tolerant of you know they would rather live their lives in quiet desperation or tolerance or happy with what they have and any of those three you know well they're going to stay put but if you get to the point where I was, and I firmly believe that what happened to me was that the, the universe was giving me a good few nudges to say that things were not right. And when I didn't pay attention to those nudges, I got one almighty shake up to say, pay attention. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. Do you think it sort of is that a wake up, though, isn't it? I mean, I, if I go back 17 years and obviously, um, not obviously, but I got divorced 17 years ago. And that was really the start of my journey. And sort of I was like a sponge absorbing things. And as things sort of came along, I'd become more aware and, and explored. So as I say, Reiki, EFT, um, regressional hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy, you, you, <laughs> all sorts of different things. But you, you evolve because you embrace it, but you have to have that readiness for change and you have to want to put the work in. But like you said, there are people who are out there who might say they want to change, but actually they don't want to put the work in. And because they've become their behaviour, their lifestyle is their behaviour. So therefore, if they then embrace those changes, they actually have to change the way that they live and they're not ready to or are not prepared to do that. Because it is, it's, it can be a scary thing because through that journey of well, that path that you go on, that journey, that experience, you know, there will be people in your life that fall by the wayside because you're standing and talking and being part of who you are, but they're not familiar with that. And then that sort of triggers them into actually having to do something about themselves and they, they might not be prepared to, to do that or want to do that. So they either accept you for who you are or they fall by the wayside but that's their stuff not your stuff and it's about you evolving and more as, as people who don't get you as you are as you embrace the the real you without all of that stuff more people that do will walk in won't they <laughs> I, I think that's very true. Um, very, very true. And it is sometimes my therapy comes with a warning sometimes, particularly when it's around relationships, because I do serve a lot of women and men actually around relationship issues. But the thing is, by the time my clients come to me and I, you know, I do, it's not a heavy vetting, per, but it's it's always a clarification call that I have with my clients and, and you know, prior to doing it and doing any work on the session. And that is because they have to be ready. So it's exactly what you say, because sometimes change can come very fast. They might have been doing something that without these limiting beliefs would have been very successful. They might have been showing up consistently. So I'm talking about business, for example, you know, the, the women are coming to me and they're saying, Do you know what, I'm doing everything that somebody else over here is doing and they're having masses of success. I'm doing this, but I'm not getting the success. I feel like I'm not seen. I feel like, you know, I'm just not visible to anybody. Everybody's just kind of talking over me and I just feel like I'm not there. And those are fascinating because when you take them back in hypnosis and regression, their mind will take us back to a scene where it wasn't safe 
for them to be seen, you know. So I fairly recently I had a client exactly like that where mum and dad, dad was violent and, you know, she learned to stay small because and keep quiet because otherwise it wasn't safe because this man was violent. And when your mind makes a belief like that, in those programming years, which is naught to seven years, that is when we don't have the critical analysis ability. So that only comes in at age eight. So naught to seven, you are pretty much in hypnosis. It's like a dreamlike status that you are absorbing at the speed of light, everything that is going on around you. And you make beliefs because you don't have this critical analysis yet. You make beliefs about yourself based on you believe it's your fault because you don't have the ability to analyze. So if dad comes home and shouts, that child will think, I'm not enough. You know, why is he shouting at me? I must be bad. They criticize, well, I must be really bad. Um, and if he's violent to me, you know, I'm obviously not lovable and I must stay safe and I must stay small. And that is what happens. You know, and you go through life playing small because your mind is there to A, number one, keep you alive, B, to keep you safe, and, and three, sorry, that's A, B, and C, or one, two, and three, and three. <laughs> that's fine. We know what you mean, Nikki. Yeah, and to ensure your outer world matches your inner belief system. And if your mind believes it's not safe, that is a primal need of ours in order to feel safe. And so there is no way on earth unless you clear that limiting belief. But you see so often exactly what you were saying, these beliefs go on undetected in your subconscious mind. All you're seeing is the symptom of what the problem is. So the symptom is, you know, I'm not being seen, or the symptom is I can't seem to earn this, you know, this sort of money, or the symptom is I keep failing at relationships. They're all different, but I suddenly realise that there's a pattern and I, you know, I, I seem to self-sabotage in these relationships. Um, it was the same. I had a, a weight client. Uh, this was a good few years ago. She used to, I, I don't I don't enjoy dealing with weight issues, so I don't tend to. But when a client comes to me absolutely desperate, shall I say, and, and it was the words that she used to describe herself. I always listen to what the clients say. And she didn't say I'm overweight. She didn't say I'm fat. She just kept saying I'm big. And, and she was very big, but that's how she described herself. And I thought that's interesting. And I said, yes, OK, we'll do it. I could see she was absolutely ready for it. And each scene that we went to, again, there was an abusive father and the father, you know, she was two years old. The first scene her mind took was two years old, running out, her mum and dad, you know, her dad's beating her mum up and she threw herself at her dad to stop him from beating her mum up. And he literally flung her across the room. So I'm there like, what's the belief you've just created? And she said, I need to be big you know, right there. Oh, wow. And then the second scene was something. Yes. Um, yeah. She was locked in her bedroom. She could hear the dad beating the mum up again. And she was trying to get out. It was dark. She was trying to reach the light. I said, what's the belief you've just created? She said, I need to be bigger. You know, in each scene, it was, I need to be big in order to feel safe. It was so powerful. Just going back to your original point, which is about when you grow, and then the other people around you don't, you know. And I like to sort of think that the, the, the people that I'm helping, they understand this beforehand. And this is more important, I think, in the relationship side of things. 
things rather than in any other area that I work with. I can sort of echo that purely because, you know, the, what I think was really, really important, I just want to pick up on what you were saying about that sort of process that you go through with your clients is a similar process to that I go through with my clients about, you know, you only want to work with people, hey, that, that are ready to take action and progress and take that on, take on the work, but actually coming with a warning sign and, you know, the changes and making people aware of what their changes and the impact that will have on the, the world around them. But if I come back to when, when I had sort of EFT, which I know is a component part of, you know, RTT, that sort of element of going in and the subconscious work with the lady that I did, because I had been in a relationship previously, that I kept on putting myself in before anybody else, you know, sorry, putting everybody else before myself. So it was like, you know, I would make arrangements, but only after everybody else was happy. Don't ask me why I was doing it. And I, you know, I'd had a 20 year relationship with a narcissistic ex-husband that I discovered was narcissistic later, only in the last two or three years that I've acknowledged that that's what that behaviour is. And unfortunately, it's in my son as well. But in the this other relationship I had for five and a half years, to keep that peace and to make sure that I, again, like you say, make sure I was safe and I wasn't sort of attacked for doing something because he was a very jealous man. But I kept on putting everything he was doing first. And I, and I was frustrated. I knew what I was doing. But I didn't know why I was, I didn't understand why I was doing it. I actually went to see the lady that I had the EFT with and she did exactly as you just described, was, you know, as we've discussed. She said, look, if we do this, if we go ahead with this, she said, this could mean the end of your relationship. And I said, well, I've got to take, I have to take that on the chin. I cannot continue behaving like this. I don't know why I'm doing it or where it's coming from, but I need to stop. And it, the fundamentals are so subtle that you you take it on board and you just feel different. You just, you'd still do the same stuff, but whatever it was that was getting into your head that you didn't have any control over because you didn't know where it was, it was at a subconscious level, went. And as did he nine months later, like five weeks before my 50th birthday. But, you know, he, he in all due respect, you know, he did go, whereas I ought to have been the one really to say go. <laughs> But I guess I did nine months previously when I did the work. So well, if it's if it's any help, that's probably one of the most common situations that, that sort of walk into my practice. Basically, it's, um, you know, especially around, relationships, you know, relationships, but also especially around relationships. Yeah. yeah, especially around relationships. But it also shows up in business as well. And it shows up differently. And it's what I call the overworker or you know it's the overworker or the hustler or the people pleaser so it shows out in is people pleasing in relationships or fairly sort of codependent you know relying on external relying on validation but in business it shows up as working really hard for anything you know and, and not really sort of setting good boundaries around their time just overworking um, and just feeling like everything, you know, has to be worked hard in order to achieve. And almost certainly the root cause of all that when we go back in regression, obviously everybody's scenes will be different, but it's almost always the same thing, which will be you had to work hard for love when you were a child. So between those naught to seven years old, you, you're probably similar age to me. You know, my parents were quite old when they had me. They were wartime people. And so they're very stoic. They didn't show emotion freely. And when you grow up in an environment where emotions are not shown or maybe where you're told to suppress your emotions, you know, don't cry, stiff up a lip, come on, you know, behave yourself. Uh, we had to, I was brought up in hotels. So my mum and dad were, you know, the, the managers. And so we had to behave ourselves we had to be seen and not heard. We had to be stifled and suppressed. And so my whole early years was like, oh, 
my God, I need freedom. You know, I need to just express this part of me that has been stifled and, and, and held down. But any child where perhaps love was not shown very well or, you know, it was linked to your achievements, then those people then start to feel that they have to work hard for everything in order to get the achievement because to them achievement means love. Making that link is a limiting belief. But that's what very many children do. Yes, because it can show up in different ways, can't it? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily, as you say, that that learnt behaviour doesn't necessarily need to show up in in an exact replica of that. It's that, as you say, it's that limiting belief which can manifest itself in different areas within your business. I mean, I ended up ultimately being single for five years because I just thought I'm not going to go into another relationship that's uh, challenging. So I recognise that, you know, I do like a challenge and, and I like that which my work brings, which is why I have to have so much variety. And I think there must be something to do with my wiring because I, I can't just literally do one thing. I can't just focus in on recruitment. I like my recruitment. I love my coaching. I like writing. I like speaking. I like podcasting. And I have to have this sort of blend of everything. And I, I think maybe listening to what you're saying might be why my parents never argued. I, I was, they're still together. They're still in the house I was born in. My mum was, as a child, because she moved around so much during you know, the war years and post-war years. I don't think she ever wanted to move again. I think she'd done about 14 schools in about seven years or something. And she always kept in touch with people. Well, hey, there wasn't that money. My, my father had come from a family that had been money, but it was all it was all gone. So there was always that lack as well. But my grandparents had been successful in different ways. And I don't know, it's complex, isn't it, when you start to sort of look back. But there was never any sort of real drama in my house. And invariably, I ended up with, I'd say, a narcissistic ex-husband for 20 years. And my mum said to me when I left, she said, I've been waiting for you to tell me that 20 years. (laughs) But, you know, I was almost like I wanted something that was different to what I'd been brought up with. So it's interesting, isn't it, What what we choose to experience in life there is always always a root cause and you know the the amount of times that people come to me and say but I've had a lovely upbringing you know I've had an amazing upbringing there's nothing you know bad in my past because if I'm uh, speaking to a client beforehand and they say oh yeah well no nothing happened it was great but mm, well actually dad did leave home when I was seven or you know when when I was six and immediately then and they and I know they've come to me then for relationship issues then we know I know immediately that something is going to be there around that um but when they say to me nope nothing at all happened nothing bad happened school was great friendships were great everything was great I just think oh great this is going to be a really interesting session then because you know they have no idea caused it and then they'll be taken back to three scenes mind knows why it's got those limiting beliefs every time your mind knows your mind holds your subconscious mind holds all the answers and the times that my clients have the biggest problem in making transformational change is when they are very firm in their conscious mind what they want to do and they're saying I'm doing everything you know this is what I want this is what I want this is what I want I've tried everything there is no you know there is something going wrong and that's when it's my greatest joy to help my clients because it means that there is a conflicting thought that is linked probably to your primal needs so your primal needs are obviously to you know to feel safe to feel loved to feel connected to feel like you fit in to have no judgment 
wounds and you know abandonment wounds and betrayal wounds to to have none of those and so when it's linked to something to do with your primal needs that need to feel safe that need to feel seen that need to feel loved if it's linked to one of those and it's sitting in your subconscious mind which accounts for 95 percent of your mind and 95 percent of your day running on autopilot so that is running the program your conscious mind you go yeah but i want to do this and your subconscious mind is Mm-mm, that ain't gonna happen because this is what we believe this is what you believe at a fundamental you know so we have to change those beliefs and that's really what we do in the session once we found the belief we then say right so that was made when you were three years old do you still want to think like that now and they're like hell no so reframe it we you know we reunite that part that has become kind of segregated off we reunite that part with the whole mind again and then we reframe it moving forwards with an audio hypnosis that they then listen to to install new beliefs directly into the subconscious mind yes sorry i was going to say it's liberating it's so freeing when you actually do this inner work on yourself it's you know it i can't endorse it enough because you know it's my life over the last 17 years has completely changed I'm still I'm still who I am and ironically my ex-husband said to me a couple of years after I left you become the person you would have been if it hadn't been for me because you know I I think I held myself in but I've obviously subsequently let myself fly and you know I do all the stuff that I want to do and I won't be told and I won't be beaten down but it's you know it, it you know it's part of that journey but I equally you know going back to you mentioned at the start about woo woo and stuff you know, this might sound a bit weird and I've mentioned it before, but I, my belief system is that, you know, we, we choose the lifetime we come into to have the experiences that we have and we choose the, you know, the life and the people around us. To, so therefore it's almost predetermined, but you need to sort of untangle. So you've come into to have that experience, but you're equally so like it's doing this work to evolve and you can sort of move forward far quicker once you do all of that stuff. You know, it's just it's just transformational any any work you do on yourself and it, and the more you do it the more you want to do it too the more you want to keep on peeling back the layers and and letting stuff out that's so true that is so true and and i think that's the way to look at it as well that it's it's a never ending journey of once you understand how your mind works and that actually your thoughts and your emotions are actually attracting your life so if you look around your life and this is quite hard for some people to really get that you know if you look on your outside world that is a reflection and a mirror of what is going on in your subconscious mind so if you don't like it then you can change that right now that will then change your future because your thoughts have an electrical frequency and your emotions are simply energy in motion. That is what is being put out into the frequency and that is what you attract back. People don't understand this and I wish we were taught this at school. Yeah, it would. I, I, can you imagine? Can you imagine getting that onto the curriculum? Look, what you put out there is what you attract back. Your words, thoughts and actions, everything that you transmit is what you, you attract back into your world. <laughs> it would be brilliant it would be brilliant but when you get that concept when you actually understand it you can as you say you can change everything and the uh, the power in fact i did a uh, masterclass on this myself just back in was it november last year the power of reframing is is a game changer you've only got to shift the way you frame words the way you write the way you speak 
And I've programmed my brain over the years. As soon as I understood when I did all my coach training, like 10, 10, 11 years ago now, the subconscious doesn't recognize the negative. So, you know, it will, it, whatever you say, I don't want to do this. All it's hearing is I want to do this. So therefore, you know, watching what you say internally, <laughs> vocally, and even when I'm writing, it's like, yeah, I don't want to do it. Because you automatically go to, oh, perhaps I don't want to do this. Or actually, what do I want to do instead? How can I reframe this? How can I look at, put this from a different perspective? Um, how can I frame it so that it's attracting the right stuff in rather than attracting the wrong stuff in? So, yeah, it, it, we aren't our behaviour. We don't have to be our behaviour. We can change everything, but it does take work. We don't. And you made a really good point there about actually it's about focus. You know, I do a funny little exercise with some of my clients to, to show this. What I get them to do is to just kind of uh, look around the room for 15 seconds and in fact, your listeners can do it now. Look around the room for 15 seconds and look for anything that is black. And I tell them to do that. And then we took away the 15 seconds. And then I say, now close your eyes and now tell me everything that was red. And they, they laugh. And, you, you know, you just sort of say, because... You can't do it because actually what I've just told you to do has enabled your mind to just switch off a piece. And what it does is actually activates your reticular activation system, which is like your lens. I was going to say the RAS. (laughs) Yes. The reticular activation system. So it literally then switches the focus and narrows your focus. It's like when you're looking to buy a new car and all of a sudden you see them everywhere. It's because you've given that instruction to your mind. So what you focus and what you put your energy on is what is going to materialize in your life because those are your predominant thoughts. So your mind thinks that is important to her. So that's what we're going to focus on. And I think it's Tony Robbins that says, if you ever go into a car skid, he said that, I don't know, the Drivers Association have given him these stats, but apparently if you're if you're on a road and you go into a skid and you're turning towards a tree and you're about to hit the tree, he says 98% of people will focus on that tree saying, I mustn't hit the tree, I mustn't hit the tree, I mustn't hit the tree. And he said the advanced drivers, the 2%, will literally immediately switch their focus back on the road and say, that's where I want to be, need to be over there, need to be over there. And that is where they will end up. They will avoid the tree and they will end up back on the road. So what you focus on is so important, massively, massively important. Absolutely. That's a great analogy. I really like that because, you, it, and it is, it's so true. I mean, oh gosh, I always used to joke when I was, we won't go into, it's not the time to go into my my, my life before, before, but I didn't have a life particularly when I was married in my latter years and after I had my son. I just used to enter competitions, but I used to win loads of competitions, but that was all I had to do. I just sort of, I was working, but I didn't have a social life of my own. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything, but I got got into entering competitions. And I used to win loads and loads of competitions, but I was entering like 30 or 40 a week. So I was focused in on that. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's just a simple, simple example. But you start to get good at it. You're focusing on it. But it's like, it's like setting intentions. It's like what it is you want to do, where you want to go. And I, I also liken it to careers as well, which is where I wrote my book and published it coming up for six years, will it be six years? Gosh, it will be six years this year. About getting clear on your career, what it is you want to do, where you want to work, who you want to work with, what's the environment like and getting really, really clear on that because once you've got that concept in your mind, those opportunities will come to you in the, in the very much in the same way because you will recognise them because you've identified them in the same way. You say, oh, I don't want pink cars. <laughs> no, they never see a pink car. Oh, look, there's pink cars everywhere. So. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Once you yeah. start looking it's, out. It's the power of the mind. 
Yeah, yeah, it shows up. Well, if I could leave your your listeners with any tips, really, if they want to make a transformational change, is really to to identify the pattern because when unfortunately sometimes it's when people are going through something really bad or when something bad happens like an accident or an illness sadly that's when we tend to make life-changing decisions and we and we actually go forward with them but i would encourage everybody to really think about you know you're not designed to be on this earth to just survive you're here to thrive and so if you're not achieving massive success in one particular area of your life and it feels like something is wrong i would absolutely encourage you to to do something about it because it the truth is you can can change anything neuroplasticity proves this the latest in brain rewiring absolutely proves that this is possible and more importantly it can be really fast you know my clients you know they, they come out of the session and they're like oh my gosh i had no idea that was what had been driving this behavior so you know just be consciously aware because that is the first place that you can make change bringing that of awareness into your conscious mind because you can only change in the present moment because anything that you're experiencing right now is as a result of your past thoughts you've got to be able to change them otherwise your past thoughts are going to create your future thoughts and nothing will change you want change you've got to bring it into the present moment and notice the patterns that are there and then go and see someone go and see a therapist and try and do something about it because you're here for more yeah i mean the thing is it's it is that first step isn't it it's recognition of something that you want to change you've got it you have to recognize it you have to take that step back and sort of look and go well what what's going wrong you know what is it you know what's the adage if you keep on getting the same results <laughs> don't keep on doing the same thing if you want to get different results because if you keep on doing the same thing you'll always get the same results i'm, I'm sure there's a better analogy of, of that than than is what i've just said but yeah it's recognition in the first place and then recognition and taking action because there's one thing you know that we talk about the law of act the law of attraction and there's a quote that i like to use from rob moore's book um life leverage which is the law of attraction without action is a distraction because there's no point going well this is what i want to achieve then plonking yourself down in front of uh, coronation street and going well it's not happened i put my order out to the universe but you know what (laughs) it could have had all sorts of things going on but you know you've got to be tuned in and aware to those opportunities that then present themselves because like you've said if you recognize that that you want to bring about that change you can look out for therapists, but actually when you start to, you verbalise it and you speak to people because then you make those connections. It's like that that pebble in the pond, it ripples out. And then those connections, those opportunities, those people that you might need to speak to will come your way. Or it might be that you suddenly pick up a magazine and you go, oh, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that connects with that, that connects with that. And that you, you suddenly it's all linked together, but you have to take some sort of action to make it all happen and then be ready for that change as well because it's it's transformational when it happens and it's it's a it's a great journey and once you're on once you're on it <laughs> you won't want to get off <laughs> not generally speaking anyway <laughs> that was a bit of a demise actually if we go back to that my my ex-partner that I mentioned earlier he did a lot of personal development with me as well and then he got to the point he said no he said I've, I've, I'm done I'm good with where I'm at now yeah a narcissist doesn't believe yes. that they need to change that's the problem and you know they're the one client that I can't really help 
unless they come to me and say I'm a narcissist and I need to change. But I, you know, I, I don't think I've ever treated a narcissist because most oh, times. Oh, they're already perfect, Nikki. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I've already, I've just done a bit of I've done quite a bit of reading into it more recently. Yeah, it's it's an interesting trait, isn't it? Because they there's this this self belief they're just so um convinced of their own reality and their own self-belief and their own self-worth i have my suspicion it's deep-rooted insecurity that transmits itself as this narcissism because they have to build up their own image in their own mind to make themselves feel better but actually it's not a reality um because we're who's perfect at the end of the day it's not yeah low self-worth low you know high, have been criticized judged and you know pulled down themselves in the past or just on the traits of a narcissistic parent as well yeah which is where i think my son's kicked in because i mean I, if I've supported him over the years with absolutely everything and, you know, employed all my sort of coaching, my spirituality, everything. You know, OK, I think potentially he was impacted because I left my ex-husband when he was six. So he, it was those informative years. But you know what? It was like this sort of constant pull and my ex-husband would always end up siding with my son and overriding on any decision so it was never never a good start but I left and did what I could from a very positive perspective but you know there we go I mean that's his journey for learning not mine <laughs> I've done my bit I've supported yeah anybody can change but you've really got to have the, the desire yeah anybody who is listening do do the work, get involved, find out more, experience RTT, EFT, tapping or whatever you want to call it or hypnotherapy, regressional hypnotherapy. Start to do the work. Get somebody who really knows what they're doing, though, you know, really connect with that person that you want to work with. Because when you start to understand the power of the mind, you start to have more of a control over yourself and your own life. And it's it's transformational. It really is. I, I know because I've been through so much of it myself. So I'm, I'm so I'm an advocate. I'm an advocate of it all. But it's, yeah, it's such a fascinating subject and one I could. Uh, yeah, definitely. And quite happily, actually, <laughs> talk about for hours on end. Thank you so much, though, Nikki, for sort of sharing so much with everybody and explaining it. And it's been just a fascinating conversation and one I'm sure the the listeners will get absolutely loads of insight from so thank you but how do people get in touch with you how, how where do they find you I'm on Facebook and uh, Instagram uh, Nikki Price but my website is mebutfree.com so that's me but free all one word me but free.com so essentially me with all my baggage but free <laughs> so me but free.com yes <laughs> Yes, because let's face it, you know, we, we I like to use the analogy, you just wouldn't carry all your old clothes around with you from year dot, would you? So why would you carry all the emotional stuff as well? Because can you imagine, you'd need a, a train that takes you down from one length of the country, one end of the country to the other with all the stuff on it. And, and if you're carrying that, it's, it's a lot to haul about. So thank you all for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please do rate and review, follow, subscribe, download, whatever it is you do, but keep on let's sharing this knowledge globally as it already is. Um, but the more people that listen, the more people become aware. So this has been me, Sarah J. Naylor at Harnessing Happiness. And you can find me at sarahjnaylor.com and, and all over social media as well. But thank you so much again. And until next time, lots of love from me. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.